Welcome back to the Hot Heel Girl podcast. Today, we are chatting a mini-sode on hormones, specifically PCOS and blood sugar, because I feel like I've been chatting with people about that recently. So Courtney's like, I'm just going to sit back and chill. I love that for me. I really do. Courtney doesn't sit back and chill if you guys have listened to the podcast at all. No way. (laughs) I will today. I am all for it. All right. I'll keep, I'll take notes. Take notes. I mean, like I said, I feel like you have things to say on blood sugar, but I'm uh, sure. But for now, dun, 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 it's Emily's show. Yeah. So we're just going to keep it a mini so today and just like a brief, we've been doing a lot of mini sods, but just a brief rundown of PCOS. So if you have PCOS, you probably know what it is, but if you don't, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that's where generally you'll have cysts growing on your ovaries. Not everyone gets cysts, but, um, it's kind of a complicated process to even see if you have the cysts. So most people just go based off of symptoms like me, I used to have very strong PCOS symptoms, but I never went and got, you know, tested for the cysts because most of the time they just go away on their own anyway. Maybe not completely, but um, most people don't have, you know, like cysts where they actually have to get them surgically removed. In some cases that's going to happen. But, you know, then you're, you're probably going to reach a point where, like with your symptoms and what you're feeling, you're going to go get it checked out anyways. So you're going to know because most of those people that have something where they need to get it removed, they're just in like constant pain and the symptoms are constant and it's not just around your period. But a lot of the common symptoms for PCOS is really painful periods. And again, that's because your cysts tend to get larger when your period when it gets closer to your period, your cyst, your cyst will get inflamed and that causes a lot of inflammation, which as we know, causes a lot of pain. So that's going to raise your pain levels. And then another common one is weight gain, but I don't tend to see this with everyone. Um, like across the board, if you see people talk about PCOS or see people say that they have PCOS, they will always say that weight gain is a big thing. I only see this with like about 50% of people. And then on like the other side of the spectrum, I will see where they just like have maybe a little bit in like the love handle area or like the hips, but it's not like a major weight gain. And that has to do more with PCOS. It makes it harder for you to regulate your blood sugar. So we're going to kind of be talking about PCOS and blood sugar regulation today. But another symptom is it's called hirsutism and it's where you get like the male pattern hair growth. So like the mustache or like hair on your belly button, all those super fun places that you don't want hair to be growing. But, um, PCOS is pretty common from my experience. But again, like I said, most people don't have an official diagnosis on it. They just go based off of their symptoms, but the good news is it's very manageable again, mainly by managing your blood sugar and then like supplements diet across the board. It's pretty manageable. I don't know if you ever encounter 
PCOS with your clients. I'm sure you do, but yeah, you can. It's, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, I always say hormones as a whole are downstream impact. So I'm like, as much as hormonal issues may be front of mind for a lot of people, like we got to do some precursor work first, like Mm -hmm. you said, blood sugar work is going to be super important too. And all of that good stuff, like all the drainage and foundational. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just working on what you work on is going to, like you said, it's a precursor to the hormone work. So your hormones are likely going to naturally balance from that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you said, the whole toxin load. Mm -hmm. Drainage and liver support. I know I'm always Mm -hmm. harping on liver support, but really and truly guys, it is like one of the key aspects to honestly starting your hormone balance journey. (laughs) Well, that too. (laughs) Just overall life, but oh, uh, oh, we're talking about yeah. different things. Got it, got it. <laughs> I mean, life is very important. Yeah, if you don't have Dude, that, you, the liver you, is so important. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But it's I don't know why, but almost everyone that comes to me for hormones, it's like they're just overlooking the liver. It's they like you said, they want to jump right into hormones. Yeah all things yep. hormones, but you have to start before that. You, re- yeah. you really, you really have to, it takes like a solid three months, honestly, of working on the foundations and the liver and the drainage and the blood sugar support. And that's gonna, that's gonna start balancing your hormones, but it takes a good solid three months before you're going to see any type of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like for people that have hormonal issues, right. My heart definitely goes out to you. Like, I'm not saying it's something that's easy to deal with, but it's something that like, you're not, you're, you're working on month one, two, and three, but like, okay, you have to be patient, right? Because we're not doing direct home hormone work. We're doing the things that impact the hormones. Mm -hmm. Hormones are the pickiest things on the planet. And Mm -hmm. it sucks because, you know, like obviously as a woman, they're, they're fluctuating all month long. So it's not just like a a flat line across the board. They're, they're going Mm -hmm. up, they're going down. You have more estrogen at one time. You have more progesterone at a different time. Um, your testosterone could be out of balance. And again, with PCOS, you usually do have more testosterone. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not, it's never a one size fits all. And it's Mm -hmm. never, just a linear upward motion with hormones. They are always the last thing to balance. Always. It doesn't matter if you go yep. in with the intention to balance hormones. It's going to be the last thing in your health as a general rule that is going to balance out. But once it does, it's worth it, but it is a process and it's usually not an immediate, you know, like flip of the switch. And anyone that tells you there's a quick fix is lying. Sorry. Yeah. We're just going to be honest with you about that one. But as far as hormone goes, right? Like the, tell me why they're the last thing. Because, um, your body doesn't view reproduction as a life source. It doesn't view it as something essential to keeping you alive. And Mm -hmm. so it's going to focus on everything else first because everything else is essential to keeping you alive. Like you don't, you don't need to be able to have a baby. Obviously that's essential to keep life going, but as far as you personally, it's not essential to keeping you alive at the moment. And Mm -hmm. 
we talk about stress all the time. Everybody's stressed out. And when you're stressed out, your body is literally just trying to survive. It's trying to stay alive. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you've heard a million people use being chased as a, by a lion as a reference, but it, you know, it truly is like your body's viewing constant stress as being chased by a lion, you know, like it's viewing it as your body's just being targeted and producing that cortisol and adrenaline and just like constantly spiking. And it's literally just trying to survive. So it's going to shut down your hormone production that is needed for pain-free periods, for regular periods, for keeping inflammation lower. And again, if you're stressed all the time, your inflammation is naturally just going to be higher. And so that's going to lead to more pain in your body. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's the last thing to balance because it is the last thing that your body like switches back on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a necessary function for living. Same as hair growth. When people are losing hair left and right. And they're like, I need to regrow my hair. I'm like, no, you don't want to hear this, but it's going to take some time for it to just come back in. Cause (laughs) it's not essential. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you don't want to be bald, but it's not essential for being alive. Yeah. And I see that all the time, you know, with People call it a side effect of hormone imbalance. And yes, when you have sometimes blood sugar imbalance or thyroid, thyroid is the most common I see with hair loss. But again, like you said, a lot of it just goes back to stress and yeah, stress, <laughs> just fix your stress, guys, work on your stress, um, drainage, liver, you've, you've got to start with those. You can't just jump in with a hormone supplement and expect it to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you can take inositol until you're blue in the face, but if you haven't worked on all the other things, it's not going to actually work. I love inositol for PCOS. Me too. I really, really do. But I find um, that it's what like everyone thinks is their quick fix, right? Yeah, like, it's, I it's have, I've had so many clients come to me on inositol and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, it's nothing not wrong with it. <laughs> it's not going to fix everything. Um, the biggest change that I saw when I because my hormones have been like up and down and then they were great for like a year. And then it's like something shifted again. And so like, for me, it's a constant (sighs) hormones. As much as people hate to hear this, it is really something that you just, you have to stick with. It's a lifestyle for the most part, I think. I mean, Um, I think that anti-inflammatory living, let's be real is a lifestyle. So I fully agree. Yeah. It's, it's just, if you want to, you know, truly keep them in balanced, um, it really is just something as a lifestyle that that's not going to say that you can never, you know, like do the quote unquote bad things because obviously you can, we're all about balance here, but you know, you want to keep that baseline going through the majority of your life to keep everything, you know, in line. And there's a saying that you can't heal doing the things that made you sick. And it's the same thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can't heal doing those things. And then once you heal, if you go back to those things, you will get sick again, whatever sick looks like for you, right? Is it hormone imbalance? Is it gut imbalance? Is it skin issues? Whatever that may be for you. It, it just, I think all of it's kind of a lifestyle switch. Like if you want long-term, like sustainable differences in your life so that you don't have to keep going to a practitioner every couple of years, you know, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Find, find a practitioner that will give you that good, like baseline and guideline to go on and then Mm -hmm. implement that. Yeah. And like 
kind of live by that. Um, it's like I started to say the biggest difference where I started to see, you know, like more of that upward climb and not so many hills and valleys with my hormone journey was definitely, as we say all the time, eating enough food, making sure I implemented stress reducing practices every single day, every single day, (laughs) not just once a week, not just once a week. No, five minutes sitting outside once a week is going to help, but it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna fix it. Um, really working on my sleep and again, enough food, enough food was truly key for me. Like when we were talking about, um, what I use for natural birth control last week. And I was telling you how it was really helpful for me to pay attention to my temperature, because when I Mm -hmm. first started using that device, I realized that my temperature was actually abnormally low, even though I thought I was fine. It was consistently too low. And like when it would peak for ovulation, that was like the, the temperature that you should be at all the time. And I was Mm -hmm. just hitting that for like a couple days and then it would drop to too low again. And so, you know, I started becoming like super, super consistent with food and sleep and all of those things. And then like gradually my temperature started to climb and climb. And now it's at a really solid where it should be all the time. And then when it peaks for ovulation, it does go to that higher point where it should be. I want to say that that probably had something to do with your mitochondria because it generates adequate heat for our body, for our cells. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely doing the mitochondria support as well, but yeah. I mean, adequate food is good for everything. I say it, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. Almost every single client who comes to me isn't eating enough food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Again, this goes back to the blood sugar thing too. <laughs> if you're no, not it's, eating, it's a and, huge part of it. Yeah. yeah. And for PCOS, you really don't want that blood sugar spike because you're going to be one much more sensitive to the blood sugar spikes when you have PCOS. It's just automatically going to affect your hormones more. And so you do have to be much more careful. Um, that's what can make it easier for you to gain weight when you are mm-hmm. either like not eating. We see so many women that don't eat in the morning and that is the, like literally the worst thing you can do. So I'm going to tell you right now, when you wake up, drink water, drink at least eight ounces of water. I don't even do that. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Girl, drink your water. (laughs) That's the first thing I do when I wake up. And it's the first thing I do is I drink my water and then eat within 90 minutes of waking up, ideally like within an hour or so. Um, especially if you're going to go work out, I know most people, a lot of people love to work out fasted. I cannot do that. I cannot. Um, I used to do it because I used to think that was like what I needed to do, but I would just get super lightheaded. And then I would just feel like poop when I was done. And I was just like, (laughs) I can't. And so I started eating either, you know, something with a little bit of carbs. Yeah, you can and have fats, like a snack before or, you work. Yeah, out. you don't have to eat a full meal. I don't eat a full meal. I um, eat a full meal now, and now I can't do it on a snack. My yeah. heart times have. <laughs> I I mean I eat like a beef stick. I eat a couple boiled eggs. Um, I'll eat some cottage it's the cheese. Most random snack, just like yeah. scoops of cottage cheese and a boiled egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reed hates it. He's like that looks disgusting. <laughs> he also just hates cottage cheese, but. 
I make little like turkey really wraps because if I'm like going to a class, I'll put like three slices of turkey on a siete almond flour tortilla. Like, I don't care that it's seven in the morning if I do that. And like, yeah, other people will find a wrap weird at seven in the morning, but it's a small wrap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wait, I want to. So talk to me about what it has to do with PCOS, the blood sugar regulation. Why it's so important. Uh, because it spikes your insulin and you're very sensitive to insulin when you have PCOS, it just, again, goes back to the weight thing. But Mm -hmm. when your insulin is constantly spiking like that, your body's not utilizing it. And so it has to do something with it. So it stores it as fat. And when you have PCOS, you tend to have higher insulin. Um, so you do have to be careful because obviously you don't want to, you know, head towards the the diabetes range. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll have people that'll do the continuous glucose monitors when they have PCOS and their blood sugar is just naturally much higher. So they unfortunately have to work harder to bring it down. But when you're not eating in the morning or you're eating a lot of carbs, which is what you crave. Um, (laughs) most people with hormone imbalances, they just, they crave the carbs, especially Mm -hmm. before your period, you know, you want the chocolate and the chips and the cookies and the breads and whatever. And if you're just eating the carbs on an empty stomach, that's going to do an insulin spike. Mm -hmm. If you're waking up in the morning and you're not eating for three hours and you're just drinking coffee, it's going to be an insulin spike. If you're eating just like a small amount and then you go another six hours, you're probably going to have an insulin spike in there. And so that's just continuing continuous insulin that is just bursting out into your body. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. So it's going to store it as fat. And Mm -hmm. so if you're someone that does have PCOS or any type of hormone imbalance and you know, you feel like you just can't lose the weight or you're just putting on weight and you don't want to be, look at what your eating patterns are like, look Mm -hmm. at what you're eating in the morning. Are you drinking coffee before you're eating? Um, that's a huge one. I make all my clients, every single one stop drinking coffee before eating. Everyone hates it, but it is really, it's such a simple thing Mm -hmm. that's going to eliminate those insulin spikes in the morning. And it's so easy to do. You just have to eat something ideally a protein or a fat, don't eat just a carb and then drink your coffee. Like don't have a bagel and then drink coffee. It's that's going to, you know, defeat the whole point, but, uh, arguably make it worse. Yes. (laughs) Arguably. Um, there's a really good account on Instagram called glucose goddess, and she does a lot of very informational graphs that Mm -hmm. will show you like what it looks like on a glucose monitor when you eat a certain thing by itself. And then you eat that thing with like a protein or a fat or something before it. And it'll show like when it's just by itself, the glucose is like so high. And if you eat it combined with something else, it's a much more stable level, like a very natural spike Mm -hmm. that happens. And if you can afford it, if you want to do it, I think the continuous glucose monitors are very helpful for some people just because it makes them see like certain foods that they think are fine or that they really like or are having a hard time giving up that they are actually causing more of a spike than they think they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could also even go to a drugstore and get like a $12 glucose monitor that you just prick your finger every time. You can do that too. 
for sure. Um, those are also almost always covered by HSA because it's like a it's a medical tool. device, yeah, a fun medical so. tool. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So talk to me about balancing your blood sugar a little bit. Like, what I know just briefly because we've talked about it before, but like. Okay. So don't drink coffee first thing in the morning. Got it. What else? What should people be sticking to in terms of eating enough food and in terms of like balancing? Like I know no naked carbs, but like, what does it look like for a lot of people? So like I said, eating within 90 minutes of waking up meals before coffee. Coffee is not a meal. Please don't be having (laughs) coffee as a meal. (laughs) I know even, people do that. They're like, I put collagen in there. And I'm like, that's yeah. Not- I was just about to say, even if you're putting collagen in your coffee, even if you're putting MCT in there, it's going to help stabilize it a little bit, but it is not a meal. It is not a meal. If don't, you want, don't be substituting. <laughs> I'm saying, if you want to hear our opinion on collagen, it's not that we don't like it, it's that it's not a complete protein. Mm hmm. And generally, like if you're just putting one scoop of collagen, like me, my one scoop of collagen in my coffee. Yeah, I put collagen in my coffee every day, but I have my coffee after my breakfast and it's only nine grams of protein. So seven, like, yeah, like if you're putting, you'd have to put like three scoops of collagen in your coffee to even make it, you know, I'm using air quotes here, like enough protein but even still, there's really not any substance to it. So it's not, it's not going to mitigate your, that blood sugar spike really. It's not as easily absorbed when it's in your coffee. And that's not to say it's not absorbed by your body, but it's not utilized the same mm-hmm. anyways. So since you're saying what is enough protein, the people need to know. Per so meal. I, my general rule is a gram per uh, the amount of your ideal body weight. So like my ideal body weights ranges like around 145 to 150. So I like aim for 140 to 150 grams of protein usually is what I shoot for. Um, so like if you're trying to lose weight and you want your ideal body weight to be like, say 130, then you're going to eat 130 grams of protein. If you want your ideal body weight to be 160, you're going to try to shoot for 160 grams of protein. And I do personally like tracking my protein grams just because it makes me very conscious of how much I'm eating because sometimes you think you're eating enough, but until you actually look at it and like the amount that you've had during the day, like sometimes I'll enter what I've had and I'm like, I totally had enough. And I get there and it's like 120 grams of protein. I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to eat something else so I can at least hit that goal. And I know that is a little bit, can be triggering for some people, um, to do macros tricky. Yeah. I don't do complete macros. I literally just enter the protein foods that I ate and I use a free version of my fitness pal. I don't look at anything else. I, I know sometimes it'll, it'll enter like this food is high in fat. Like you only are supposed to have 75 grams of fat. They like I'm just really like, bully people. My yeah, I'm just pal, like, I'm not gonna lie. fuck you, my fitness pal. <laughs> but that's just like my mindset. I have never had an issue around eating. I've never had an issue around food. So if that is something that you, that kind of triggers you, then maybe don't do that. But I do find it is very helpful for women, especially because 
it is, it's harder than it seems to Mm -hmm. eat that amount. I would also say if it's something that's triggering to you, what I would do instead is just keep like a log on your phone Mm -hmm. and just like, let's be real, know how much beef you eat each time you eat beef, know how much chicken, whatever, and just know how many grams of protein there is in it. And then just add it up so that it's a little bit easier for you instead of, I mean, if that is triggering for you, Mm -hmm. I used to do that too, because I, like I said, I, I mean, I had moderate disordered eating patterns when I like got all sorts of food sensitivities. That was like chaos for me because I cut out all the foods in the book, but it's just triggering as a woman to literally have an app tell you that you're eating too much. You're going to gain weight. I'm like, excuse me. I I really hate that about that app. I cannot find any other app that works well to- It's free. Yeah, that is free. Everything else you have to pay for and it's like, but no, I totally understand. So let's, let's dive into eating enough food. So you said all those grams of protein. How do you structure a plate? Can I say something first? Go for it. I, this has been on my heart these past couple of days. (laughs) If you're eating eggs for breakfast, I love that. I love eggs, right? If you like eggs, they're good for you. And if you are not eating anything like a bacon or a sausage with it, right? If eggs are like your protein for breakfast, please eat at least three eggs. That's, I knew where that's, you were going with that the minute you Because started, I said I it the like, other day. Yes. <laughs> I am not going to lie. Like I've had people be like, I had one egg, avocado toast, and then like a drizzle of olive oil on top. And I'm like, are you starving? Like if I had one egg on an avocado toast... I would be passed out somewhere because my blood sugar would be through the floor because that's not breakfast for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally eat four eggs, but like I know most people aren't like me. Mm-hmm. I don't I love eggs. eggs, but I've actually been into them recently. But yeah, I've been doing three eggs in the morning, like three chicken sausages, and mm-hmm. then I'll have sometimes I'll have a piece of sourdough with butter where I'll do like veggies. Um, I've been like making my green juice. So I've been having that. Obviously there's no protein in that, but I just love it. Um, but yeah, I've been super into watching YouTube videos lately and like the health YouTubers. And there's so many of them that literally have an egg on, like you just said the exact thing you said, avocado toast and an egg. And I'm like, that shit makes me go insane. Because I'll have clients come to me with food logs and that will be their food log. I'm like, Hey, what else are you having for breakfast? And they're like, that's it. And I'm like, one egg is nothing. I will give my baby one egg one day and it'll eat it in four bites. Like, yeah, there's to put it in reference, there's six grams of protein in one egg guys. So I try to shoot for at least 35 grams of protein at breakfast, if not more. And so six grams is definitely not enough. Like Courtney said, like that's enough for a baby. So And that's the sad thing. Like most women are eating enough to basically fuel a toddler. That shit drives me wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I know eggs are great for you. I am glad that you're eating eggs and not like a muffin for breakfast, but you have to increase the amount. Yeah. Like, like you said, at least three eggs. I say minimum three every time, because I'm like, if you're eating less than that, it's fine if you have sausage on the side. It's fine if you have bacon on the side or something like that that has more protein in it. Okay, I'm not saying that because I've had plenty of times where I'm like, eh, I just want like half bacon, half eggs, right? And I'll have two eggs. Mm-hmm. Cool. But 
if you're not, these eat at least three eggs. Again, I eat four eggs and people think I'm insane. I used to bring those into my office and they would be like four eggs. And I was like, you're literally a 50 year old man. How are you not eating four eggs for breakfast? And I am as like, I don't know, I was like a 23 year old at the time. Yeah. And I get it. Like it's for a lot of people, your body's so used to not eating in the morning or not eating very much. So your metabolism just isn't on in the morning. So you, you literally have to retrain it and turn it back on because I, I used to admittedly, like in my very early twenties, be like that. I just didn't, I wanted, I got up and I wanted to do things. I didn't want to make breakfast. And so I would like make a smoothie or I would eat one or two eggs with an avocado toast. I admit it. I was guilty of doing that, but that like over time kind of did kill my my metabolism. And so I just wouldn't be hungry when I woke up. And so I'd be doing all the things and it'd be like 11 o'clock and I haven't really eaten anything yet. And so (laughs) Courtney is over here like horrified. I'm passed out. Yeah, I know. It was, it was not good. And like, look where that put my hormones, but, um, don't take my advice. Don't be like me, but if you already are at that point, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. No, I was 20. I you didn't know now. any better. Yeah. Um, here's me giving you guys the advice. So you don't have to go through that. But yeah, if you already are at that point, you, you just have to, you just have to eat something. If you have to start out with one egg and then like 30 minutes later, eat another egg. Yeah. Like that's that. fine. But you, you've got to start doing something to kickstart your metabolism. Yeah. I like woke up pretty early today and I ate a jerky within like 20 minutes of waking because I knew I was like, I know that I need something. And then I didn't eat my full breakfast until probably an hour and a half later because I was like, eh, not, not that hungry. It's still only like 7am. It's funny because breakfast. the earlier I wake up, the hungrier I am. Oh no, me too. But if I, I know if I eat my breakfast at six in the morning, then I'll have to have lunch in this podcast. And that's just not a thing for me. Like we yeah. can't fit that in the schedule. Honestly, I kind of have like two breakfasts most mornings because like you all eat like a little bit of something when I first wake up and then like an hour and a half later, then I'll eat my big breakfast. But also a lot of times like I'm going to the gym, so I'll eat something before I go to the gym and then my big breakfast will be after I get back. Yeah, I used to dabble in that and now I just don't like it anymore. I feel stronger when I lift on like a full breakfast. My stomach just can't do that. It just, it can't. We'll feel sick. I used to do super early morning workouts. So initially I started eating, I would eat like fat balls with like protein in them and stuff like that way back when for a while. And then I started like not really loving them at five in the morning. So then I started working out fasted and then I wouldn't eat my breakfast till eight. Like that just doesn't, I couldn't imagine waking up at five and not eating breakfast till eight anymore. Like what was going on? Was I okay? Clearly not. Were any of us okay? Like I initially I did always eat like fat bombs or I don't even remember what else. I would always make something for myself or I'd make those little egg cups and I'd eat one before. And then I got to a point where I was like, five in the morning food sucks. <laughs> now yeah. I don't shit. Now I'm like, yeah. if I don't eat at five in the morning and I go work out, I will be passed out and the people at my gym will have to call the ambulance because I will not be okay. I want to be passed out. I'll just be an asshole. <laughs> Actually, though, <laughs> that is what happens. 
But yeah, I hope you guys liked that little brief. And ending on Courtney being an asshole. Okay, bye. <laughs> we have to we both have things to do. I'm trying to I'm trying no, to I understand. keep it, it concise just, here. It was Cor- just a Courtney's really great an, place. Not an asshole, guys. We I know. We love her. I'm I'm a hangry bitch, so so am I. I it's fine. That's most- so is my mom. So we work really well together. We always both bring snacks all the time. If people say that they're not a bitch when they're hungry, they're lying because everybody is. Some people can fucking internalize it. And maybe I'm just not one of them. It's because you're healed. We have learned not to internalize <laughs> our emotions. Oh, is that we it? Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Emily, tell people where they can find you if they want to learn more about PCOS and blood sugar balancing and your new hormone course. You can find me at Emily Joy Wellness, Instagram, website, TikTok. And yes, I am launching a new healed hormones course. So we will be covering all of those things and so much more. And like I said, yes, this is a hormone healing course, but it's going to address the basics. It's going to address the liver support. It's going to address PCOS, estrogen dominance, thyroid, all of the things, but it's going to give you the baseline of where to start and where to stay and what to do. And that baseline is going to in turn balance everything else, teach you how to balance everything else. It's going to teach you how to adopt it as a lifestyle essentially. So you can find the links for that in my Instagram bio. Um, I have a highlight on it. You can send me a message, send me an email. I will put the, all the links in the show notes. Um, (laughs) yeah, um, it will be launching soon. So hopefully like within the next month or so. So if you want to be a part of that, it is a small, going to be a smaller group. So you can apply for that. If you want to be a part of that, it's not open to just everyone. Um, so if it is something you think you want to be a part of, definitely apply. There's no commitment if you apply, but you won't know unless you do. So yeah, go check that out. And then Courtney, what about you? Can people find from you? You can find me at the T-H-E Rooted in Health Instagram, TikTok. I'm trying Lemonade. It's new. Who Who's excited with me? What? And then it's a new social media app. Uh, don't get me wrong. I've only posted a, hi, my name is Courtney. And I like health and that's it. I have <laughs> but, never even heard of that. But anyway, yeah. continue. <laughs> the ways to work with me right now have shifted and changed. I currently have Expansion Biz Academy that is launching May 15th. All the applications I've accepted and there are only five spots left. So if you want to get in, apply, which that's funny because this will be the day that it launches, whatever. Reach out to me if you missed it. Um, we'll see. I don't know if there's still spots left. And our group healing course is going to launch in the summer because I realized that two launches at once was too much for me. So we put it off just a little bit, but you can apply below to my group healing course as well. It's launching this summer. So you can have your healthiest summer yet and then go into the fall, live in your best life. And then if you guys like this, please leave a rating and review. I know we haven't said that in a while, but we're like, oh yeah, we love this support. It it really does help us guys. It boosts us in the algorithm. Um, you don't even have to leave a written review. Just drop some stars and it just helps. Just a bunch of thumbs ups. That, that could yeah. literally be a review. Like they say, <laughs> what is this a review about? And you say, good. 
and then just leave five thumbs up (laughs) all right we hope you enjoyed that podcast we will see you in the next one